Welcome to Pretty Funny Business, the playground brand we were forced to create in order to corral our founders' nonsensical ideas and general tomfoolery. From the founders of, but not generally endorsed by, Emmy Collective. From this podcast, you can expect off-the-cuff banter on feminism, funny business, and, well, not-so-funny business. Join us out of curiosity, stay for the hot takes and dad jokes. See you soon. Um, all right. Well, welcome. Miss is Kimmy Corrigan to a pretty Kimmy. have our first guest. I, like, I honestly would be mad if I wasn't the first guest on this podcast. So I'm glad I delivered the first because guest. this has been on my like, you know, um, manifestation board if I had one of like first guest on podcast. Here. Oh, why do you feel that way? Is it first our guest? podcast or any podcast? Yeah, on yours. Like that's what I was gonna say. On well, any podcast or on specifically, uh, I'm not like funny really like I know people lining up, but I have been on a few super nerdy podcasts. But this one is like, if there was another guest on before me, I would probably have a problem. Why? Why do you feel that way? That's fair. <laughs> um. Well, I, Kimmy is the yeah, reason I that you feel like I'm the other. ultimate connector between the two of you, kind of, yeah. which is a role I like to play in life. It's just like connecting people, and then they're like, "Thanks, see ya. We're on to bigger and better things about you." <laughs> but I at least get to be part of it. So, like, I, you know, this is this is like the least you guys owe me because now you guys are, you know, dominating the world of Mops Consulting as a powerhouse. I so. will say that for several years, I gave Kimmy first right of refusal on anything I was doing. And so then I just stopped after she shut me down so many times. So I didn't ask her about this one. Said, some of us you were the one and only. Wow, that's cool. No, some of us are just little babies. And it's like, I have to work for a company that gives me health care. <laughs> I'm too scared to go be brave like you guys are. Yeah, we're just YOLO with the health care. Really? Just YOLO. <laughs> Figuring that one out. You guys are killing. Just hope I don't get sick. So, today we are going to be having a lot of fun together. We are going to be using a template from a keynote that Kimmy recently gave on going to get the conference wrong, but Sydney will not. MopsCon. I knew that there was a fish name. The main marketing. I was just going to call it the Mopsies. The but Mopsies was not right. That was the awards. Mopsies. Oh no, the Mopsies was its own special. That was like a, special that was thing. like the next level of MopsCon. Like that's a whole different podcast it episode. Is, actually, yeah, that's so true. <laughs> um, so we are going to use her template for how to build a dream team. We're going to build our own dream teams and have a little fun with that. But Kimmy, sh- should we? Oh, yeah. um, support the word business in our podcast title a little bit by giving a short review of what someone may have missed if they missed your keynote at MopsCon. You missed MopsCon. You missed a lot. Like, feel sorry for you, son. But no, just kidding. Um, So, uh, yes, I was lucky enough to convince the people at Atumos to to let me be the MopsCon keynote. so I don't know how I pulled that one off, but it was a ton of fun. And my focus 
um, in real life and during that presentation is leading a mops and strategy team. So that's besides being like a mom, I'm the mom at work and I'm, I'm taking care of a team. So I'm really passionate about building teams. I've been able to do it a few times. I'd like to think I've been pretty successful at it. I've worked at some great companies and seen my teams do great work. So my keynote was all around what is so important to me, which is building kind of a mop stream team, which I'm currently doing and have been doing at my current company, Expel. And I've had a lot of support <clears throat> from the executives on building the team the way I envision it. So seeing it come to fruition has been rewarding. And I shared that with MopsCon and just walk through every single role on my version of a dream team based on what I know and what those roles are, what they do, the order in which I'd hire those people, given my experience, how much I would expect to pay those people in today's market. So it was a super nerdy presentation about marketing ops teams. But if you're on a marketing ops team, you probably got something out of it, I hope. Um, so yeah, that's what my whole presentation was about, um, which is is inspiring our our um, call today to talk about drafting a mop snake draft, as we're calling it. Um, so when we did this idea about doing a draft, I was thinking like a fantasy football draft. Is that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'm totally. I think yeah. like a real draft. If I am drafting someone and I get to them before you, you don't get to add them to your I had okay. a couple so, like how do we decide who gets to go first yeah I don't have a so, bench so like I am really depending on you guys not beating me to the punch which is dicey so we could have do we could do one of two things I think it's a traditional draft well I don't know there's probably a name for it you know we just go one two three one two three and then a snake draft is when you go one two three three, three two, two one one, yeah. one two three three two one Oh, yeah, which I think is fair. So, if you're a third, okay. you should get the fourth pick as well. So we can do file. Plus, it yeah. just sounds cooler. And then, who? Where should we start? Like, we should draft all the positions at once, right? Like, yeah, drafting I for... order, which I think we should draft, which I did not put okay. a lot of effort into. So yeah. we'll just we can just roll with it. Okay. Okay. Like, and I feel like and I, who is going to create yeah. the ESPN sound effects? Oh yeah, you're. Oh, not, not, not. Is it ESPN? Is it NFL? Yeah, we're sports. It's in the game. I told Lauren once that she asked me if I thought our podcast, when I thought about our podcast, was it pretty funny business or was it pretty funny business? And I told her that I thought about it as three distinct I'd say it's three distinct. things, like this video game that my brothers played when I was growing up, and it goes, EA Sports. Pretty funny. So I go, pretty funny business. <laughs> I say it as three distinct things, because, like, I think driving. Yeah, that's what I think it is. Pretty yeah. funny <laughs> business. Sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's in the game. It's in the podcast. <laughs> I'm glad we were able to work in that reference before we start doing a sports-related yep. theme okay. podcast that we study, know very little I'll about. Study sports ball a little further uh, for that to happen. Okay, and then I wonder, can we? Can you give like a quick explanation of the job description? I mean, I don't think for like cops and pops you need to do it. Yeah, 
but just be like, oh, this is yeah. pops is yeah, reach role for sure. Okay, especially for like when it comes yeah. to like the data strategist versus the analyst. I think that's a little yeah, totes. Yeah. All right. Nice. Well, Kimmy said she was only gonna be on the podcast if she went first. Yeah, it's so... fine. What? Yes. Fine. Be a good host. Hmm. Um Sydney, do you want to go second or third? You can pick. No, because third's interesting because you also get wanna... four. I want to go third because I want to okay. sometimes go first. All right. Okay. Well, I'll go second then. And when people vote, because I, I don't know, maybe they are going to vote. Now that I said it, they're going to vote on who's the best team. I want there to be no excuses as to. I think we should like, definitely. Wow, like, she I have a cool image like slide of mine that's final afterwards. I think we should all do that. We should post them on LinkedIn or Mops Pro. With the pictures yeah, of the we got and then okay, whoever idea. wins popular team vote gets bragging rights to that, of course. Can we also just say, like, are are we picking people that we actually we work with present to. day? Right I, now? as someone who works at a company and em- not empl- I don't employ people, but I manage a wonderful team of people, have chosen not to draft any real people on my team or otherwise because that would feel like I would just draft my whole real team because I'm a good boss, I hope. Right. <laughs> so I'm I'm just no real people in my like life. I have some I have some real people in here, but I feel like maybe I should not because every time I think about it, I'm like, well, I also I like know. this person and I also that like that person. And maybe like, I should just over thinking what else is new? <laughs> I just don't want to hurt yes, anyone's no. feelings. Everyone I've ever worked with, I love. That is a Myers-Briggs ass. I am not one of those. I don't know how to handle it. I've picked two real people. All right. Well, let's because get into I it. Because I thought it was me. All right. They are not people that I work with currently. They're not currently people that I work with. We're just going to find real. And let the people decide who did the best job here. All right, Kimmy. Why don't you start us off with the... Director of Maps. Yes. So in my world, this person oversees both platform and campaign. Wait, no. I'm sorry. Can I interrupt you really quick? And I'm going to make you re-say that again. But I feel like maybe we should describe the vision of the whole team before we go role by role, since they're not like top That's down true. in order. You know what I mean? Otherwise, this isn't really going to make sense unless someone has looked at the That's true. chart. Okay. So do you want to go through the entire structure you're saying? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I want Kimmy to go through it. It's 11 people. Okay. So we have the MOPS and strategy dream team is 11 people. We have at the top a MOPS and strategy leader. Under that person are two director level type people. We have director of MOPS, which would contain platform ops and campaign ops. And on the strategy side, we'd have data and analytics strategic project management, um, enablement on the marketing side. So they all obviously work together a lot cross-functionally, but like kind of two distinct sides to the team. So all of that adds up to about 11 people. Um, On my dream team, it's 11 people. Do we want to get into all the detailed roles just one by one now? Okay. I think we'll just go one by one, yeah. Okay, so the first Well, why don't we just do it before we draft, before we draft them? Okay, that's what we're doing right now. So we'll have a director of, I'm sorry, let me start over. Marketing ops and strategy leader, obviously just 
oversees everything. I'm not going to get into the details. They just are responsible for all of this. Director of marketing op is someone who's leading both the platform and campaign ops and making sure those things are working really well together. Platform ops. So you have the people managing the tech stack and processes, admining, kind of all the super nerdy process stuff in marketing ops. Campaign ops is doing some of that work, but much more focused on campaign execution. They're doing all of the building and sending out of Marketo or Eloqua or HubSpot, your system of choice. On the strategy side of the team, we have director of marketing strategy. So similar to the director of MOPS, they're really responsible for all of the things on that side of the team, making sure everything is harmonious between execution and data and analytics. Um, the data strategist on that team is, of course, very close to reporting and analytics, but they're sort of taking it to the next level up. Like, how are you using all of this data and reporting to do work better across marketing? So they're they're partnering with demand gen and product marketing and all of these other functions to say, let me help you find the story within what's happening here, which is a little different than what I would consider the data analyst. The data analyst is really focused on metrics, reporting, dashboarding, helping teams have access to their data in a way that they can look at and make decisions on. Strategic project manager or program manager, whatever your team may call it, is really helping execute large-scale projects from a traditional project management standpoint, but they're also focused on internal marketing processes. How are we intaking campaign ops requests? How are we... Um, managing our content management system and what is the tagging strategy there. So they're working all the way across marketing as well. And then enablement manager is this new role that I have never hired, but I'm dreaming of hiring uh, sort of the other side of a sales enablement team. Why don't we have a marketing enablement person that will teach the entire marketing team of how to use UTMs properly and get people certified, so to speak, on different things. So someone that's kind of wrapping up our processes and communicating them out and documenting them and teaching people things. So in a nutshell, I think that covers all the roles. What else would you guys Anything? All right. I'm ready. Yeah, let's I'm get ready to draft some people. Let's do this. Okay. I think we agreed. Uh, the first thing we're going to do is hire the director of MOP and then that side of the team. So... Director of Mops is our first role in the draft. Jenna, Kimmy, Jenna. I am on the clock. It is probably no surprise, and this one's going to hurt some people here. I am drafting Taylor Swift for. I just I need to ask a question really quick before we I go. You're going to do. You're trying to change the rules. I know it. It's not that I'm changing the rules. It's just that I took a slightly different approach okay. to my team, which is that I broke Taylor okay. out into well, Taylor if you different let eras. Me finish. I am drafting Taylor Swift, specifically Midnight's era Taylor Swift. Okay. All right. Okay. I'll allow it. Okay. This one to me, which I think we all agreed, we're going to explain why we're choosing these people because that's the fun part. This one feels self explanatory, but. For anyone that's a sorry person out there listening to this that isn't a fan of Taylor, which seems like would not be a person listening to this podcast, but homegirl can not only plan something out years ahead of time, like mad roadmap skills, 
She also just understands how everything is connected to everything else. She can get into the details. She can zoom out at a high level. Her team adores her. They're totally bought in on her vision. And I specifically chose Midnight's era, Taylor, because no more imposter syndrome. It is gone. She has so much confidence in who she is. She doesn't care about the haters. She has no energy for them, but she is going to continue to make them regret doubting her. So hands down, director of Mops is Midnight's era, Taylor. You know, I... Are we allowed to comment? I'm going to comment. I think this is the very strong choice. Uh, I have no regrets about who I have chosen for this, which was not Midnight Sarah Taylor, but I, this is a very strong, very strong choice. The road mapping, agreed. Important skill for this role. Something Taylor does better than no other. I feel good about it. So, Lauren, you are on the clock for director of mops. Well, the seconds that I found out Kimmy had decided to not draft any real people, that left a wide open, easy choice for me. (laughs) For my director of mops, I will be choosing Lauren Posendeck. Did I say her last name right? I try. Every time I have to think about it. This woman. First of all, deserve this position, director of MOPS. She, if no one knows this, is mine. I hired her first. Honestly, like as I, a child. I stole her from you. Like you connected us, like truly. Like I was a child. She was a child. And I hired her and I saw the potential. And there are things that she still will text me about that was like, remember the time you said X, Y, Z and encouraged me. And I want to say, Lauren, that was over 10 years ago. I can't remember what I did yesterday, let alone then. But (laughs) she is brilliant. She is kind. She is a leader. It has been fun to watch her career grow. However... Kimmy, in real life drafts, has drafted Lauren first every time. There you go. I want everyone to hear that. In real life, I will, I'm not going anywhere without that girl. She is stuck with me. <laughs> so this is the only chance she has. Yeah. It hurts. <laughs> Join us, Lauren. Well, yeah, my team and I can learn that I'm uncomfortable with. So Sydney, just... Don't be trying to steal Lauren in any real way, okay? Don't ruin my life. I have also tried to steal her without success. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> Lauren is currently uh, in Cabo, laying on a beach, truly, hopefully, just not thinking about six sense processes and data and God knows what else that she's always thinking. I hope she is listening oh, to Midnight. So. So. That's such a good choice, and I mad respect it. And. <sighs> regret not drafting real people but i've i've made a plan and i'm sticking with it so warren congrats all right <clears throat> all right Cindy, you're up super excited is so. that even the right noise i don't think so I'm not gonna we're gonna have our own noise um, <laughs> tim can you do like a magical noise tim can Editor's you make no. a noise i need to support um our tim, brand trope at tim's like, our editor half disney half taylor that is a real thing um when kimmy informed us that she was not 
drafting real people. I also saw this as an opportunity to take someone that Kimmy would otherwise try to steal from me. And his name is Cam Conrad. Cam worked for me at Atumos and was also Kimmy's consultant. And I happen to know for a fact, tried to poach Cam from Atumos. Uh, 100% tried to draft him in real life. Uh-huh. Did tried to work. draft him in real life. Did not work. Not going to work this time either because Cam's on my <laughs> team. Uh, Cam, I have always really respected. I think that Cam actually really balances me out, which is kind of funny that I'm putting him on this team that I'm not even putting myself on. But Cam is very methodical and focused and thorough where I am a little loud <laughs> and big ideas, maybe all over the place. Uh, I really enjoyed working with Cam for those reasons. I spent a lot of time with Cam talking to him about what he wanted to do with his life and what kind of work he enjoyed and all things like that. All things that lead me to believe that Cam would be the rock star director of mops on my team. I have uh, built the rest of my team under Cam with the idea that Cam is their leader. So they all have balancing traits for Cam. So he is a key first round draft pick. Nailed it. Congrats. Cam is amazing. And if I did have real people on my draft, I would definitely have him on there. Cam, call me. I don't know you. So embarrassed. (laughs) (laughs) Cam would also be so embarrassed that we're even talking about him. (laughs) Horrified now. I can't wait. Cam, I hope you're listening to this. Hey. Okay. All right. So we got to get to the next draft because I have a meeting at two and I want to go. Then, so congrats, everyone. I feel like. Okay. This is snake. So I'm doing it again. Okay. So next one, platform ops, senior platform ops. Uh, This person reports to your director of mops. They're mine because they're reporting directly to Cam. I decided to choose someone that was maybe a little edgy. Okay. Because I thought that would be a good partner for Cam. If they needed to go beat some people up, they mm-hmm. would be a really good, like, good cop, bad cop kind of thing. So I have drafted Miranda Priestley from The Devil Wears okay. Prada, Meryl Streep's yeah. character. She can be a little mean, but I do think that you kind of need to be a little mean sometimes as a platform ops manager. Um, but she does great work, and people respect her ideas. And that That's is key. Difficult to achieve. So Miranda Priestley, my platform ops manager, senior manager. She may also kind of operate with a chip on her shoulder because she probably should be more senior than that. But I think Cam is better than Man, that is solid. Logic, excellent. Lauren, how are you gonna how are you gonna match that? Who's your platform ops senior? All right. So my senior pops draft is Benny the Jeff Rodriguez. From the Sandlot. Oh my God, I love it. (laughs) Love it. So, Benny, I have, you know, similar to um, the reason that Sydney picked her leader, mine is, or her senior pop person, is very respected by his team. They follow his lead everywhere. He's coming up with like baseball plays where I think that takes a next level of logic and precision. Because you have to, like, really try to hit the ball a certain way um, and coordinate your team. So I wasn't sure if I was going to put him as senior or junior. But at the end of the Sandlot, 
you see Benny in the pros, grown up, and he can handle the pressure. So that's why I've got Benny the Jet Rodriguez, senior. Pilot. I love it. Okay, well, uh, my senior platform ops person is going to be Nicolas Cage. Specifically, <laughs> hold on. Specifically from the National Treasure movies, his character. Excellent. So Excellent. are some of the best movies out there. I will watch them every time they're on TBS or whatever. Love them. I will actually put them on Disney. Like I will stream them. I will choose them. So whatever. <laughs> Wait, are you saying National Treasure movies? Are there more than yes. one? Yeah, there are two. And there's been a rumored third one for like a decade and I'm dying. Wow. What? Okay. Nicholas Cage's character from the National Treasure movies, he is determined to lay out a plan and with the help of his motley crew, will get it done. He is all for good, not for evil. Even if it comes off as he's doing something bad, he's doing it for the greater good. He's not selfish. He's he's in it for everyone, even if people don't like the what he's doing. So I'm going Nicholas Cage from National <laughs> Treasure. I cannot even comment. I think I need to watch the movie. I should have known ahead of time. Yes. You've never watched this movie? National Treasure? I don't think so. Oh, my God. Okay. Wow. I just have to say, no notes. <laughs> Excellent choice. <laughs> Support right. this wholeheartedly. Okay. Do I get to go again? I we're supposed to be supporting everyone's yeah. draft. Or are we doing that? Um, are we fighting? No. Okay. We'll fight we'll we'll not on LinkedIn in public. We have to be authentic to who we are as people and who we are as people as friends. Yeah. Okay, well, if I get to go next, because it's a snake draft, that means I get to draft our junior mid-platform ops person. So, you know, Nick's right-hand person. So this is a little niche. So hopefully you guys have seen this because um, I'm going with the character again. I am going with John B. from the show Outer Banks on Netflix. <laughs> and if anyone's seen it, he's up for an adventure. He's very adventurous like Nick. He will stop at nothing to get the job the job done. Even when people don't believe him, they think he's crazy and like, dude, get over it. He is focused and doing it for the right reason. So John B. from Outer Banks, also a great show. I've never seen the show. I have no idea what you're talking about. And he's about. really cute, so. <laughs> we're fresh. I am loving, though, the themes that we're coming up with for each of the positions. We should definitely summarize what we have oh, said yeah. based on vibes because... My have... adventure. Yeah, you could have like copy and pasted that description almost word for word for my draft, which is Mirabelle Madrigal from Encanto. Nice. She? Mirabelle. And then I had to be like, is she, you know, just like the movie, like, is she a Madrigal? Because I've never heard Mirabelle madrigal together i don't think anyway mirabelle can notice when a house is starting to crumble oh, and she may not be listened mm. to or no not everyone respects her yet because they're not believing her which is why i couldn't quite put her as the senior person i wanted to um but benny benny's gonna help her like proven yeah, it's like a little bit more senior. And she um, just needs to, I think, become a little bit more confident and build her personal brand, which she does by the end of the movie. But she notices things that other people don't quite notice. She knows what's wrong. And she's not afraid 
to ask for forgiveness rather than for permission, which is what I really like in a person. So definitely need that. Mirabella. Sydney, you're up again. You know, I think that our sound when we change people should be pretty funny business based on vibes. Okay, uh, my, what are we doing? Platform Ops, mid-junior level. Okay, so for this, I chose Taylor Swift from the Fearless Ooh, era. I love that. I felt like she offered a good balance to the rest of my team, which to recap is Miranda Priestley and Cam Conrad. Taylor, in this era, she was still pretty early in her career, but she was really exuberant about her job thrilled to take on more responsibility excited to grow and mature in her specialty and that kind of hunger is really important at this level of platform ops role but she was also already being recognized as an outstanding contributor to her field as i was reminded last night when i did participate in a taylor swift themed karaoke at a bar in midtown uh (laughs) Taylor was nominated for, uh, I think, Best Female, Best New Artist. Uh, She did not win. She lost to Amy Winehouse, which was a question I missed during trivia. But that same year, she did win Album of the Year. We could probably draft a whole team just with eras of Taylor Swift. I considered it. I considered it. That'll be for the Patreon. You will have to pay for that. (laughs) (laughs) Smash that subscribe button on Patreon and you get access to, you know. Okay. You get Taylor Swift exclusive Mops content. It's a really niche audience. I don't know that there's that many people other than the three of us that are interested in it. Okay. Um, also, no, no. Excellent choice. <laughs> okay. My next role, snaking around to senior campaign ops. I chose a real person for this too. I think this is actually the last real person that I chose. Um, and that real person is Dana Wellman, who is one of the best campaign ops people I've ever worked with. Uh, What I think is unique about Dana as a campaign ops person is I hate to make a generalization, but I'm going to do it anyway. I think very often people that are in a campaign ops specific role view it as a stepping stone to something else. It is like a, this is me and early in my career, I'm just taking on a junior level role to learn about mops and I'm going to go do something else when I'm done and they don't actually like it very much. Uh, which also means they're not very good at it. Uh, that is not Dana. Dana loves campaign ops. And I, Dana, I think, was the first person I met that kind of shook that stereotype of like campaign ops work is junior level work because it is not junior level work. It is just a different type of specialty. And it does require someone who is senior and detail oriented and methodical. And Dana is all of those things. Uh, and Dana, I have seen grow quite a bit in her career, uh, especially in like client management situations or what to do when something goes wrong. Because she is such an expert in her field, she is very good at knowing when and how to step up and diffuse a situation. So that's why I select Dana. That's so Dana well. And that, like no I have regrets. someone in my senior campaign ops role in real life who also was that first person for me of like, Oh, this is like a very this is just what you like strategic do. like yeah. and I'm like every time I'm like, oh, you have like a whole roadmap for campaign ops. It's not just like get requests fulfilled. It's amazing. 
Good choice. Good choice. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. All right, Lauren, you're back up. I am back up. I also here drafted a real person, Kamala Harris, vice president of the United States of America. I almost she... her. That's so good. You did or you didn't? I thought did about I it. She, she was in the mix, but I did not end up putting her anywhere. So I love her, obviously, but also she... You know, I thought about the word campaign in the political sense. She's driven a successful campaign, very obviously. And every once in a while, Sydney comments after a successful implementation. We did it, Joe. We did it, Joe. (laughs) Use it work as well. And it's so funny that I had to use her. So Kamala, welcome to the team. You're leadership and poise and experience is unmatched and i'm looking forward to the leadership we will bring to the campaign up of my team so i literally almost put her in the same role but someone else popped into mind because it's someone i've been listening to their voice a lot lately because she recently started her own podcast so my uh, pick for senior campaign ops is Megan Markle. So, Ooh, pressure. I mean, I can't imagine the pressure she's lived through. Um, so, you know, she can keep going to pressure, you know, this last minute, everything's on fire things. She can talk people off the ledge while she's getting it done. She does it all with the appearance of grace, even when she's super effing annoyed behind the scenes. So my pick was Megan Markle to lead campaign ops. Good choice. I love it. Okay, thank you. Um, and I get to go again. So, you know, Megan's leading. She's graceful. She's got it all. She's calm. She's cool. So she has a junior mid-level campaign ops person coming in who is young Spider-Man played by Tom Holland. Everyone, Lauren's Sitting on my bench. Sitting on my bench. (laughs) It's a long (laughs) list of spider people. (laughs) Spider people. Okay, Tom as Spider-Man is young. He's hungry. He's enthusiastic. He wants to do nothing but learn and impress people. Like, he's got some stuff to figure out. He's a little little rough around the edges as far as figuring things out. He has a super bright future, but he needs some strong mentorship. And who better to lead him through campaign ops than Megan? So they're going to be a dream team together. So we're going with Tom Holland as Spider-Man. Ta-da-da! So Love that's, it. That's, uh, that's the mops night of the team for everyone, right? We've we've all filled out. No, no. I, I have one more. So yeah. to do mid juniors. We've got the campaign app. Okay. okay, so Lauren, we got mine is not really that strategic, but it is personally fulfilling in many ways. But I could not get out of here without drafting Jake Gyllenhaal to a position uh, I, no 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 right oh my, god. oh my god amazing where's the scarf jake <laughs> if jake's on our team his skip level boss is taylor i mean <laughs> fuck yeah his skip level boss is taylor you little bitch <laughs> so when i was a sophomore in high school which was a long time ago 
we watched a movie in science class called October Sky. There is no way he was remotely cute in this movie, but I fell in love in that moment. And I have been made fun of it ever since for, you know, you know, for a while he was like kind of famous, mildly good looking, like like a six, like a Midwestern six, you know? And then <laughs> Western whole, Six is a New York three. The whole drama with Taylor like really made me shamed and embarrassed because I have found him attractive my whole life in every movie through the drama. And so I wanted to pick him because it's true about me. It's authentic, but also dramatic. And Cindy and I eyes yeah. are popping out of our heads. Right. But also funny to tell you. So this movie, October Sky, <laughs> would you say that you remember it all too well? <laughs> I remember the Sick moment burn. for sure. All too well. <laughs> Were you enchanted to meet him? I can't. I can't give Jake any more yeah. airtime. We we'll have to move on. Uh, <laughs> okay, this is my. This is kind of funny that you chose Jake Gyllenhaal from the Swifty Cinematic Universe because I chose someone from the Disney Cinematic Universe. It's Whoa. like we just swapped roles there for a second. But my mid junior campaign ops person is Marlon from Finding Nemo. <laughs> <laughs> I chose Marlon for a couple of reasons. One, I appreciated how Marlon uh, is breaking the stereotype that a junior level campaign ops person is very yep. young. You don't have to be. There are many reasons that you would be in a junior level role. Perhaps you have made a career change. There's a lot of reasons. Secondly, I find Marlon to be extremely detail oriented. And the way that he chased Nemo across the ocean is how I would like my junior level campaign ops people to chase leads to make sure they've made it to Salesforce after they do a list. That is big. No lead left behind. Wow. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I need a breath. I need to take a deep breath. That was that's a journey. <laughs> okay, now correctly, I can say everyone has built their marketing outside of the team. Which, yeah. again, no notes. Flawless. Flawless. No notes. <laughs> okay, so now we're going to switch to the strategy side of the team, which is a whole different ball game. So, Sydney, you're going to kick us off with the director of marketing strategy. So happy, so happy to be kicking us off uh, because the director of marketing strategy that I have selected is Taylor Swift from the 1989 era. I actually think this was Taylor's best era for marketing. It was kind of when she peaked in terms of like commercial sellout, Uh, but it was it was calculated in a good way. I think often people talk about Taylor being calculating in a way that's really just them telling us that Taylor is a bitch, but that's not true because you wouldn't feel that way if Taylor was a man anyway. Taylor in the 1989 era had all of these partnerships going. She had Diet Coke. She had Kets. She had Capital One. She had everything. Okay. She's in the squad with all the girls. It was the Carly Kloss time. It was the Calvin Harris time. It was the 4th of July parties in Rhode Island. It was the whole thing. Okay. No one was getting themselves out there quite like Taylor Swift was. And we know because we know Taylor that she knew exactly what she was doing. This was not a spray and pray marketing strategy. This was omni-channel marketing at its finest she had so much cross-functional buy-in so i mean she had she still had country fans loving her she had a whole like she's 
She was stepping across the... In fact, I think we could learn a lot about marketing and sales alignment from Taylor Swift in the 1989 era as she stepped over from pop to... From country to pop. What a queen. Wow. And so your team, your two directors are both Taylor Swift. <laughs> uh, no, it's Cam Oh, wait, Taylor. yeah, Taylor. Yeah, okay, got it. Uh, <laughs> Fearless Taylor is my, my junior platform. Right. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay, yes. So... Uh, Okay, so for Director of Marketing Strategy, I have selected Hermione Granger from Harry Potter. So I Excellent think Hermione choice. is a quiet leader, but she's obviously very academic, smart, brilliant, um, feminist leader that works with her team, not really expects them to support her but can see the big picture on who can do what best and knows when to um, take things under control herself as well. I slept on Hermione. So that's me, Hermione, my leader of marketing strategy. Slept on the entire Harry Potter universe. Elite. That's good. Okay. That's good. Solid. No notes. I went a different direction a little bit with my director of marketing strategy. So. Um, I went with someone who like knows a little bit about a lot of things. They can present super effectively. They can keep everyone interested. Really does a lot of deep thinking. It feels like someone I could have a really deep conversation with about any given topic, kind of like shooting the shit at work of like to figure out like, what are we going to do here? So that person for me is Michael Babaro, who is the host of the daily podcast. <laughs> I love the way he says, hmm. And does his thinking. <laughs> and I just think he'd be a comfort to me to have like, as my right hand person if I was leading a team. So Michael Babaro, if you're out there, you're on the team. <laughs> I don't know who that is, but I but I'm interested in the hmm. If you're so I, yeah, I if you know who he is, you love this pick. If you don't, you're like, this is weird. So if you don't, you're like, hmm? Yeah. Hmm. hmm. Um, and going with the snake draft, I get to do the first round pick for the data strategist role. So good luck to all of you because I am drafting Snake Pernacki. Again, do I really need to explain this one? I will because this is a podcast. Steve can tell us what we call data like no other. He keeps it simple with his gap khakis. He's not trying to be the star of any show. The star of his show is the data and the story in which he's telling with it. He can talk for hours on end and I have watched him for hours on end and I haven't gotten bored yet. So Steve, you're on the team. Bring your gap khakis. Who is Steve? Oh my God. I don't know who this is. You guys don't watch like election coverage and he's screaming at the map pointing wildly and I need you to do some Googling. You know, you know, that's all that matters. You know, I have a feeling that there's like a little bit of a handicap for those of us with toddlers where we just can't engage in much like media and pop culture as we would like. All right. Well, I have to get all of my news from Instagram (laughs) because that's just where I am right now. Okay. Well, those of you that appreciate Steve know what a solid pick this is. And that's all that matters to me because my team's the best. So... Lauren, who do you have for David, a strategist? This is one of the people that I'm most excited about on my team. Okay. This is a peak pandemic 
choice. The tiger. Oh my god, I know who For you're going to choose. Latest strategist. I will be drafting Zach Efron in oh. Down to Earth. Oh, okay. So Zach in Down to Earth has to take in a lot of information, mm-hmm. but he's able to really make a story out of it, and people want to look at him and be with him because he's good looking. Albeit mildly annoying in this show, he had a way of taking some data about water and selling it to me as if I have been drinking the wrong water my whole life. All right, solid, (laughs) solid. So I think that Zach will be able to influence and explain better than no one else. Okay, solid. I'll allow it. Yep. Send. I love it. Um, my data strategist is Taylor Swift from the Reputation Era. <laughs> I chose Taylor from the Reputation Era for this role because a a quote came to mind from Taylor at that time that was, "There will be no speculation. There will just be reputation." She let the data speak for Mark. itself. She put the music out there and she let it stand on its own. There was no Good Morning America. There was no hullabaloo. There was no farting around. It was the music and that was it. And I appreciated it. Well, I mean, I didn't appreciate it. I really wanted to have much more out of her at that time. I had been starved for three years since 1989 came out, but that's okay. Um, Anyway, yeah. So that's why I chose Taylor from Reputation. My data strategist. Uh huh. She also she had a lot of data to work with at that time. A a lot of stuff had gone on. That was in the post Kanye Kim cancellation era. Taylor is a snake. Taylor Swift is canceled party. All bad stuff. If you haven't watched the Netflix documentary Miss Americana, I highly recommend it. Highly recommend it. Um. Anyway, so sneaking back, reporting. Well, I don't think this person reports to Taylor. Both of these people report to 1989 Taylor. So Taylor Reputation is <laughs> reporting to 1989 Taylor. Uh, alongside, um, I actually have kind of gone back and forth a little bit. I have both of these people on my bench for this role. So I'm going to tell you who both of them are, and then I'll make a final decision. But they're both from the Taylor universe. One is Jack Antonoff, mm. and the other is Tree Payne, who is her publicist. Real fans know. Um, the data analyst, I feel like in support of the data strategist is kind of doing a lot of the legwork behind the scenes to like gather reports and pull insights from the data where the strategist is kind of communicating those out. Um, and I feel like Jack and Tree both kind of serve this role for Taylor, but I'm going to, ultimately I'm going to go with Tree. Oh, I did not expect that. They're going, I thought you were going to go. Oh, uh, Jack, I do. I mean, you know, I love Jack. I respect Jack, but I think he's a little bit more of an yeah. artist where Tree, I think, is a little more kind of analytical and cut and dry and makes decisive moves and knows what to do and has control of the situation. I think that's what you're looking for in your data analyst. So there we go. Data strategist, Taylor Reputation, data analyst, Tree Pain. What a team. What a team. All right, Lauren, you're up. I know. I got to go start to go quick, although I think we have plenty of time. It's just, you know. Data analyst for my team, Katie Heron from Mean Girls, played by Lindsay Lohan. Amazing. The girl is a mathlete. A mathlete. What else can I say? Oh, my God. 
I mean, no notes. <laughs> no notes. I have no, no notes, notes for myself. She's perfect. Can we hear up? <laughs> Your data animals are solid. Okay, so mine's a character from a movie, so I guess I'll get niche again. You guys will look at me like I'm silly. Um, so mine is uh, we growing our audience. It's fine. Right. That's right. So uh, the character is based on a real person, though. So this movie is based on a true story. Mine is Jonah Hill's character in Moneyball, who plays a man by the name of Peter Brand, just an absolute beast in finding golden nuggets for improving overall performance. He probably does a mean V lookup like no one else. So, um, so yeah, Peter Brand is this gentleman's name played by Jonah Hill in Moneyball. And just like, he just wants to like crack the code on that data and give people information that they can use. So that's what I'm going with. I'm going like real deal, get this done person. I love that. But I also want you to know that I, when you said Jonah Hill, I was like, ready to crumble for you to just mention 21 drum street but oh, you did you know it you love that movie <laughs> you do yeah. love that movie more than anyone i've ever been i i'm surprised that there's no not, 21 not drum street in your team so no i thought about it there's no one you, you it's a, oh. this is a spoiler alert no one from 21 or 22 drum street but <laughs> i thought it through and they just unfortunately weren't a fit amazing okay well i got jonah on my team Unfortunately, they weren't a fan. We'll keep your resume in the file for any yeah, future yeah. positions that may open up. I'm sorry, Channing Tatum. Not a fit right now. We're on a hiring freak. We had other candidates who were more closely aligned to our goals for the role. Amazing. Okay, well, I'm liking the way that this order is working out because I think I get to go next for our strategic project manager, which I have a feeling we all maybe pick the same person because there is one fictional person in the world that is the perfect fit for this role, which is Leslie Nope. Ooh, spicy. I, mean, I don't have Leslie in this role. I have her in a different Have one. no fear. Leslie Nope is here. Everything is top-notch organized, done well, done better than it should have been, done ahead of time with a smile, makes everyone feel supported and loved, and she will take on things that maybe aren't her job. So Leslie Nope is killing it as a project manager for me. I think that means you cannot draft her at all, Sydney. Wait, yeah. what? Yeah, no. she's off the board. Yeah. She's off. Kimmy, no. She's off the board, Sid. <laughs> Taylor, yes. we're, we're going to have some Aaron from Taylor, but we're not happy. I'm going to have to bring in another Taylor. I can't. <laughs> baby, no. six pound, seven ounce baby Taylor. Um, okay, so my project manager. Hey, is it my turn for strategic project manager, right? I have drafted uh, Gru from Despicable Me. <laughs> love it. I love this. This bro has so much on his plate. First of all, he comes up with a plan to steal the moon that's a large project that's a dream big situation <laughs> exactly dream back think about all of the steps then he adopts three tiny girls he has to manage everything that's going on there plus think about all the minions the like i just minions. think for him to have succeeded so many. through several iterations of despicable me he has to have done this well and in that case, he is a much better fit for this role than Channing Tatum would ever be. Yeah. Sorry, Channing. But like, yeah, you're right. Groove has got it. Sorry, He's no Leslie Nope, but solid. All right, Sid. Uh, project manager. 
right. My project manager, I'm sure, is also like not really someone that you guys have heard of because I think I'm the only person that has watched 18 seasons of Grey's Anatomy in 2022 during the pandemic. uh, So I'm following. Okay. So my project manager is George O'Malley. (laughs) Drawing on George's experience as the chief's intern during that ill-fated half season when when, uh, Lexi was introduced, um, George was an excellent project manager. George was able to collaborate with other people. George was able to gather requirements. George was keeping track of paperwork. Uh, excellent project manager and does it with a smile. Even though he was in kind of a shitty situation after having failed his intern exam. Yeah. No, he failed his Whatever. boards. He failed. So he couldn't become a doctor or something. He was still working at the hospital and doing a great job repeating his intern year. So George O'Malley, before he gets hit by a bus, spoiler <laughs> alert, but you've had like 10 years to watch the show. So oh, that's okay. I'm okay spoiling it. Sweet George. Which uh, brings me to my next pick of the enablement manager. I am drafting Richard Weber. Ooh, Dr. Richard Weber as my enablement manager. Richard Weber has spent most of his career running the residency program at Seattle Grace Hospital slash Seattle Grace Mercy West slash Grace Lone Memorial. Um, (laughs) uh, And Richard's passion is really in teaching. And I kind of view that as the primary job of the enablement manager. He's both passionate about teaching and coaching and understanding what his students need. Uh, finding new ways to teach them. We've gone through quite a few iterations of teaching methodology at Seattle Grace Hospital, Seattle Grace Mercy West, Grace Lone Memorial. And my enablement manager is Richard Weber, Dr. Richard Weber. I love that. That's a good one. I love that you're saying every name of that hospital. You are cut off from any Grace Anatomy for a bit. I finished Grace Anatomy. I'm watching private oh practice now. So. Here we go. <laughs> All right, Lauren, who do you have for enablement manager? I, for enablement manager, I, I did return to a different universe that I've already drafted from. Similar to what Sydney said, I really did think that teaching and training was important here. And so I drafted Ms. Norbury from Mean Girls, played by Tina Fey. Oh, okay. Because not only is she an enabler, but she's a pusher. She's a, she's a pusher. pusher. She's such a pusher. <laughs> Like a drug pusher in the book. Um, okay, you guys let it you out. You great. I did not factor in teaching, which is clearly part of this job. But what I did is I went for vibes. Okay, I'm, this is a high vibe mm-hmm. for me. It's good. Pretty funny <laughs> business. It's based on vibes. <laughs> um, they need to get a group hyped up to learn about some boring shit. Sometimes, like they need to get people hyped, learn about processes, keep it entertaining, but lock it in. So. I went with someone who can not only twerk, but play the flute. And that person is Lizzo. And she is my enablement manager. Yes. Love it. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. 100 P. She, she, I feel like it's going to be a music, like a musical. Right. Right. I mean, like what better way to lock in that knowledge? Like we've all seen Hamilton. Like I know so much about history now. And guess what? Lizzo's going to turn UTM parameters into the next Hamilton for my team. What do Lizzo, Richard Weber, and Tina Fey have in common? Find out on this episode of Pretty Party Business. It's in the game. Which leads me, snaking back around, we have one rule left. 
who is going to manage this motley crew of people we've all drafted? So who is that marketing ops and strategy leader? I almost took it on myself, but as our friend Lauren here is teaching me, like sometimes we just need to lean out. No more leaning in. So uh, my mops and strategy leader is, you're going to know her, you're going to not know her. And her name is Rhaenys Targaryen, the queen who never was. She deserves to sit atop that throne and show the world what she's capable of. If you're not watching um, the new spinoff from Game of Thrones called House of Dragons, you don't know who she is. But if you are watching, you know she's a bad bitch who never got her chance and she is ready to show the world what's up. Lauren. I love that. I, I love don't it. know who she is. She sounds amazing. And congratulations to her for rounding out your amazing team. Yes, thank you. I'm excited to see who's rounding up your teams here. So let's hear it, Lauren. <clears throat> so rounding out my team as a leader who has marketing experience is it he is type A. Um, someone who has convinced many to love him against all odds. I'm getting nervous. Is a partier and is very funny. Schmidt from New Girl, played by Max Greenfield. <laughs> so you. I should have seen this. Class Everyone loves Schmidt. <laughs> him and what a leader. What an enthusiast. He will be taking my team to the next level. I mean, the vibes are off the charts there. So again, <laughs> excellent, excellent choice. And I should have seen it coming. Um, Although I do. I would like to start off. I just want to say, like, I, I am in love with Nick Miller. I am I, in yeah. love with Nick, Nick Miller, but Britain. Schmidt is the leader. Yeah. He's much more your type, I think. Nick yeah. Miller. Wow, Sid. Good luck. Um, I would like to take my, I would like to start my turn with a complaint, which is that we drafted the most important position last. Yeah. So this kind of becomes the bottom of the barrel of your you bench well, because your everything else up. has been taken. You should have planned. Okay. That's how drafts work. I did plan. I did plan. So I originally was going to draft Leslie Ooh. Nope to be my mops and strategy leader. No one better to rally this no. team than Leslie. <laughs> However, no. since Leslie has been drafted, I will have to go with my second choice that may be more fitting given how many Taylors are already on my team. Uh, and it's going to be Taylor Swift from the Lover era. Mm. Very sweet. I think Lover Taylor was really just coming into her own comfortable in her own skin enthusiastic about the work she had to do but from a poised place a confident place a self-assured place uh and you know i would say being the oldest of all of the tailors i have drafted someone that the rest of the team can really look up to how many tailors is on the team that's four for you three <laughs> uh one two three four that's yeah solid. that's four and tailors. i again these teams yeah. now i'm looking at them make so much sense i should have guessed sydney would have four taylor swifts on her team yeah again i considered having only taylor Swift. that's a whole different team. podcast that i'm in <laughs> oh my gosh this was so much fun um i do love what lauren called out earlier of like there are some real themes to some of these 
roles and teams that are so obvious um, that are like true to real life. So I think that's so fun. So if there's someone else who wants to summarize that for us yeah, and let us have the content for yeah, free. Yeah, great content. Well, that's so good. <laughs> I'd be happy to feature you on the Emmy Collective. Totally, blog it'll be really good. I would definitely create if someone wrote this out. Okay, it would well, be a good brand recognition opportunity. We're gonna share these on LinkedIn at some point, maybe mm-hmm. when you guys release this episode, and we'll take a vote. And I definitely encourage people to vote for mine. <laughs> well, we'll all, Wait, we're we'll voting? Have a, we'll have to come up with a prize. Well, yeah, sure. we'll do like reaction, like. Like heart for Sydney, uh, applause for Emmy, mm-hmm. um, care for Lauren, or whatever people do. I like that. Okay, love it. I love, I love it. All right. Well, Kimmy, thank you so much for joining us today. We what know that you have actual business to take care of in just a few minutes. I do. If there's any additional thoughts you would like to leave the audience with, now is your chance. Ooh. But again very special thank you for supporting me and giving Sydney a good review when she asked you originally. I loved when you guys were talking about working together because I was talking to both of you and you were both like back channeling references and I was just like yes 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 (laughs) do it and now it's happening and I love watching what you guys are doing I'm so lucky to know both of you and be connected with you guys so I am Although my expectation was to be your first guest, I am also still very honored that you asked me. And this was such a fun way to join you guys. So I'm going to go talk about cross-functional pipeline and Q4 forecasting. So uh, the work. Do you want to borrow 1989? Yeah, actually, I'm going to. Yeah, because I can send Zach Efron and Katie Heron in. Yeah, if you could put um, some of your people on waivers so I could pick them up, I could really, you know, use a little extra support. So that would be great. Okay. I'm going to have to release Jack Antonoff for the waivers, (laughs) so he's out there. Also, um, C-3PO and April Ludgate. I didn't have a single person on my bench besides... Kamala was wow. like a backup for me and a last minute change. So I feel honored that I got all my picks. So amazing. I'm not going to say I will in for the Patreon. I will tell people who is on the bench, but <laughs> David. the person who is on my bench is someone who in real is a real person. And they in real life would be very mad that like grew from minions beat them <laughs> out. So keep it to yourself. I will not be announcing that publicly. <laughs> Uh, all right this was so amazing i can't wait to um see what thanks, for thanks for having me i love you guys bye. right bye. Bye. like and subscribe share tell everyone